This is Barry Zalma, Zalma on Insurance. Today I'd like to talk about the equitable remedy of rescission as it applies to the law surrounding contracts of insurance. Rescission is an equitable remedy, that is, one that is designed to do fairness to the parties as ancient as the common law of Britain. When the United States was conceived in 1776, the founders were concerned with protecting their rights under British common law. They adopted it as the law of the new United States of America, modified only by the limitations placed on the central government by the U.S. Constitution that was approved in 1789. The viability and ability to enforce contracts was recognized as an essential to an effective system of commerce. Courts of law were charged with enforcing legitimate contracts. Courts of equity were charged with protecting contracting parties from mistake, fraud, misrepresentation, and concealment. Since enforcing a contract based on mistake, fraud, misrepresentation, or concealment would obviously not be fair. The common law developed rules that courts could follow to refuse to enforce the terms of a contract that was entered into because of mutual mistake of material fact, a unilateral mistake of material fact, the breach of a warranty, a presumptively material promise to do or not do something, a material concealment, or a material misrepresentation. The remedy, called rescission, created a method to apply fairness to the insurance contract and allow an insurer to void a contract and allowed courts to refuse to enforce such a contract entered into by misrepresentation or concealment of material facts, because they did not want to honor one party who had deceived the other to a contract of insurance. Some plaintiff's lawyers and some legislators contend that rescission, rather than an equitable remedy, is now to be considered as post-loss underwriting, rather than the exercise of a legitimate equitable remedy as old as the country. In California, one of the biggest proponents of the theory failed to overturn a legitimate rescission in a case called Nieto v. Blue Shield of California Life and Health Insurance Company, proving that it is not only not nice to lie to your insurance company, it is fatal. Under applicable New Jersey law, the designation of great Americans post-claim investigation as post-loss underwriting did not serve either alone or in conjunction with the flawed underwriting on the 1999 and 2000 renewals of 
tri-state armored services to defeat Great American's reasonable reliance on the insured's applications in a case called In Re Tri-State Armored, a 2005 decision of the Bankruptcy Court of New Jersey. Rescission is an important, equitable remedy, hoary with age, and should not be limited by claims of bad faith after an insurer legitimately exercises the rights provided to parties to an insurance contract by the California Insurance Code. If, after completing the thorough investigation required by law, the investigator finds that the application misrepresented what appears to be a material fact, or material facts were concealed, a material fact or material facts that are not discovered is an incomplete investigation. An insured's material misrepresentation or omission of fact in the procurement of insurance can only render the insured's coverage voidable at the insurance company's option because there could never be a meeting of the minds as to the insured risk because one of the parties to the contract is lying to the other. An insurer seeking to rescind a policy must fulfill the basic rule that a party seeking rescission must first make a tender of the full amount of premiums paid under the policy. Governing law permits an insurer to rescind a policy when the insured has misrepresented or concealed material information in connection with obtaining the insurance. In Mitchell v. United National Insurance Company, the insurance code provided a statutory framework that imposes heavy burdens on disclosure upon both parties to a contract of insurance and any material misrepresentation or failure, whether intentional or unintentional to provide requested information permits rescission of the policy by the injured party. I was assigned by United National to examine Mr. Mitchell under oath, and his testimony at examination under oath uh, provided sufficient sworn testimony of multiple misrepresentations of material fact sufficient to allow United National Insurance Company to rescind the policy. Discussing the purpose of the statutory scheme, the Mitchell Court stated, quote, requiring full disclosure at the inception of the insurance contract and granting a statutory right to rescind based on concealment or material misrepresentation at the time, safeguards the party's freedom to contract. An insurance company has the unquestioned right to select those whom it will insure and to rely upon him who would be insured for such information as it desires as a basis for its determination to the end that a wise discrimination 
may be exercised in selecting its risks. That's the essence of insurance underwriting. Making a wise discrimination as to whether to accept or reject a risk for insurance. The thorough investigator, when faced with potential for rescission, must meet with the individual underwriter who made the decision to insure the insured to determine the effect truthful answers would have had on the underwriting decision. The claims person should ask the underwriter with regard to misrepresented or concealed fact the following questions. 1. If you had known the truth, would you have agreed to the insurance? 2. If you had known the truth, would you have agreed to the insurance at the same premium? 3. If you had known the truth, would you have agreed to the insurance on the same terms and conditions? A negative response to any one of the three questions will be and will be considered sufficient evidence of materiality to allow for rescission. The California Insurance Code defines materiality as Materiality is to be determined not by the event, but solely by the probable and reasonable influence of the facts upon the party to whom the communication is due, informing his estimate of the disadvantages of the proposed contract or in making his inquiries. This is California Insurance Code, Section 334. Before making a decision to rescind, the claims investigator and the insurer should seek the advice of competent insurance coverage counsel for an opinion based upon the investigation and the law of the jurisdiction where the policy was made or where it was made to be performed, and if counsel believes it necessary, to the taking of the examination under oath of the insured. The right to rescission is different in different jurisdictions, so the advice of local counsel is important to every decision to attempt rescission. Competent counsel can advise whether rescission is the best remedy available to the insurer and how that remedy should be exercised. Insurance contracts, unlike common run-of-the-mill commercial contracts, are considered to be contracts of utmost good faith. This was first stated back in 1766 in a case called Carter v. Bean, decided in the British House of Lords, and is still the law of the United States, and specifically and also the law of the state of California. Each party to the contract of insurance is expected to treat the other fairly in the acquisition and performance of the contract. For example, the prospective insured is required to answer all questions about the risk he or she or it are asking the insurer to take 
and about the person the insurer is asked to insure. Rescission since before the U.S. Constitution became an important remedy for insurers. As a contract of utmost good faith, insurers and the courts recognize that the parties to a contract of insurance were more vulnerable than other contracting parties to misrepresentation or concealment of material fact. The remedy is available to either party to the contract, and one determines it was deceived into entering into the contract, it may declare the contract void from its inception, return the consideration, and treat it as if it never existed. When an insurer or the insured discovers the existence of a factual basis for rescission, they have the opportunity, but not the duty, to exercise the remedy of rescission. In most states, the remedy is available to both parties to the contract of insurance, whether the party deceived believes the deceit was the result of a fraud or simply an innocent misrepresentation or concealment of a material fact. To do otherwise would be to make a gift to the person who deceived the insurer or the insured of rights not available to the truthful. Equitable remedies, like the remedy of rescission, are expected to be fair. Some states, like California, follow the ancient equitable remedies and have codified the right to rescission of insurance contracts. The legislative right to rescission arose because legislators considered it unfair to make a contracting party abide by a contract that was not obtained fairly. The ancient maxim that no one can take advantage of his own wrong is applied when a court is faced with a request to confirm rescission. Other states have imposed limitations on insurers in their state and make the ability to rescind a contract of insurance more difficult than it was under the common law. Before a party considers rescission of an insurance policy, whether insured or the insurer, the following must be established regardless of the jurisdiction. The facts represented in the acquisition of the policy. Evidence established whether a fact was misrepresented. Evidence that establishes that a material fact was concealed. Evidence that establishes that the fact misrepresented or concealed was or were material to the decision to insure or not insure. Evidence that the person seeking rescission did not have better knowledge of the facts claimed misrepresented or concealed than the person making them. A sworn declaration from the underwriter who made the decision to insure or not insure concerning the effect true facts would have had on the underwriting decision. A sworn statement from the underwriter who made the decision to insure or not insure as to his or her reliance on the material facts presented and what different decisions would have been made had the truth been told, 
a review of the policy application process, investigation results and applicable law by a competent insurance coverage lawyer in the jurisdiction where the policy was made or to be performed, and a thorough investigation of the negotiations for the policy. For example, in Svabeck v. Lancet, a 2017 decision of the Indiana Court of Appeals, Dr. Svabeck appealed the trial court's entry of summary judgment in favor of Lancet Indemnity Risk Retention Group on Lancet's complaint seeking rescission of the doctor's medical malpractice insurance policy. He was and had lied when he sought the coverage. The evidence was clear that not only did Dr. Svabek lie, the lie was material to the decision of the insurer to insure him, and the insurer proved he knew the information provided was false when it was provided. He obtained a policy of insurance by fraud and deserved to have the policy rescinded from its inception and be returned to the position he was in before the policy was acquired. This video was adapted from my book, Zelma on Insurance Claims, Part 103, Third Edition, which is now available from Amazon.com as a Kindle book and as a paperback. If you found this video to be useful or interesting to you or your colleagues, please pass it on. It's free. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, my blog, and my listing on Substack so that you can be advised of future videos and future blog postings. Thank you for your attention.